Yeah, that's fine. Hang on. I'm gonna pull up this 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 the 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 yeah. All right. All right. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Bree. And this is Hold My Fin. Thank you for tuning in to another week. Um, we really, really, really appreciate it. And you guys, this week we have an amazing guest for you all. We do. Um, we will intro her shortly uh, with her, but just to give you guys a heads up, she is a sexologist. So Ooh. we got an expert on the pod and we're so great to have, or we're so grateful to have her on um, and that she uh, gave us some of her time and expertise. So we'll get right into it now. And then do you just want to do the outro after? Um, yeah, we can. That way it's at the end of the recording. Yeah, that'll work. We might have pulled the trigger too soon on the intro. Well, we'll, we'll just have like a lot to cut out, but that's okay. I'm going to pee really quickly since we have time. Okay. Just got back. I'm exhausted. <laughs> You've had such a day. I have had a day. I really did panic by this outfit, but I like it. It's like billowy pants. Yes, I like those pants. And I have my, they fit really well. I mean, they don't, they don't fit well when I'm just standing here, but with heels, they make me look longer. Nice. Um, and I wore my snake skins, but they were very, oh, they hurt my feet so much. Yeah, I know you said you haven't looked at the messages or yet, but one of the photographer told me he was really nice and he, I told him like, Hey, I don't photograph well. Like it's not one of my strong suits. I was like, my mouth is always just wide open laughing or shoving food in it. And it's just, I'm awkward, whatever. And he was like, Oh, he was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, you just, you have such a confidence that just comes across on camera. You're, you know, you're doing really well. And I was like, well, that's a sneaky way of getting me comfortable. <laughs> and they laughed. And I was like, but you know what? My love language is words of affirmation. So just keep them coming. I'm, I'm golden. I love it. He had you ready to go so quick. 
You did, yeah. Well, and uh, we were talking, you know, I, I'm chatty. I'll talk to anyone. So we were just talking and um, it was, he's from Cleveland and the other guy was from Cleveland, but they were only here for a day. But the one guy, the photographer like lives in Maine now. So I was like telling him places to go in Louisville, which is, you know, my favorite thing to do. So that was nice. But yeah, it's like Yum Center has created this like program. It's it's pretty cool. I'm interested to see like what like the spread looks like and stuff. And then I met the uh, the woman who like works with Yum Center and she was really interested in the pod. So I was I asked my professor if we could if I could get her contact information because she was talking to someone else um, whenever I left. And she was like, yeah, of course. And so I'm going to. Um, send her the pod because she was like god you have such an interesting story she was just like I was eating her up I was like mm, I love you I love it so much she was so cute too she's um from Greece and she is a little bit older and she pretty sure she's a lesbian like she gives off lesbian vibes when she was like kind of hot and she had like this really cool like blazer on with like a, a mock neck and her blazer had like stitched in the blazer it was like rock it out or something like that and I was like you're cute <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um what are your thoughts on seeing if we can get Dr. Rachel or um Esther back on for like a season two wrap up like let's talk I love that. I, I need to count how many episodes that we've actually had in season two. Oh. Because we need to have, well, it doesn't matter, but ideally we would have 20. Yeah. I don't know. But here's the thing. I don't know because somewhere along the line, like we've got to be close. Hang on. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. This will be nineteen. So then just one more. Yeah, and this will come out, but will it be for December? We might do 21. We might have did 21 because of hold my gen. Hang on. This will come out the 7th and the 14th. I think we should finish out November. So do three more after this one okay. and then just take all of December off. Okay. I'm going to do that TikTok where I do the, the, the sound and then like a green screen of me okay. uh, with the Taylor Swift thing after, after this, because I wanted to wait until I was like, my makeup was done better. So. You paused. I like it oh so oh I don't know um I was gonna say so what do you think like just do that and then come back January 2nd so we'll just have to record once in December yeah to get ready you know um I don't think so I think that we should come back like in January like because I, I, I want to have the vibe of January so can we do the eighth and then like record the first week just because I want to talk about like the holidays and you know what I mean like I want to be timely yeah well okay so you want to come back like the second week of January then the second yeah. Sunday of January yeah so five weeks off yeah I think so just because yeah. I want us to be able to like wrap it all up and like talk about New Year's and if we record you know or if we go if we publish it on the second we'd have to record it ahead of time you know 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because it just would be crazy to try to record. I mean, like, we could probably record, like, sometime between Christmas and New Year's, but we probably want to, like, have New Year's in there. And Yeah, I think so, don't you? I like yeah. it when it's more timely. I mean, it would still be timely because we would be recording still between Christmas and New Year's, like, for yeah, the second. I mean, like, we would talk about what we did on New Year's or like what our New Year's resolutions were or what we thought of and stuff. I mean, we, I mean, we can do that if you want. I just think I, I don't have an issue with pushing it another week to get. No, like that a, works for me. That gives us five weeks to get our shit together online. Online. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I need to almost like treat it like a job and like, Monday through Friday for an hour work on fucking content for Instagram and TikTok and whatever. I'm not going to do it. I don't know what's (laughs) going to make me do it. I don't know what's going to make me do it, but we really need to do it. Yeah. We do. Well, I mean, really, I mean, well, it just depends on what like our goals are. Like if we want to reach more, which I do. Yeah, I do. We, we have to. I don't want to put too much pressure on us, though. Only because I know I don't want to do that either. I would love for it to if it would come more naturally. Yeah, that would be yeah. awesome. But I think that we could definitely plan more guests ahead of time and maybe try because I feel like that's where you you can get more reach just because if they're if they share and then like people like. Yeah. Like we got a huge spike with Neil, you know? So it's like, I think that that's a good way. Uh, no, I agree. And we have, we could spend all these next weeks reaching out to people, yeah, you know, yeah. so we can line stuff up. Yeah. My family's home. I'm going to, I'm going to mute me just in case she comes on. Um, and I was still talking. <laughs> I hit mute. I was still You're like, okay, so this is going to be. I also, I also just thought every time I think your background's my background, I thought that your door slightly open was my door and I went to go, sh- I was going to go shut it. And I was like, no, it's hers, not mine. <laughs> it's slightly open because Jared's not home, but, and Max in his crate, but I have like a whole, like all of my Christmas stuff besides my trees is out for my garage. And I was like, organizing it, going it. And like, I don't want him to get into it. So I need to listen if I can. I so need to. I'll have to get up and I already decorated a little. Yeah. I need to get all my Halloween decor down and then I'm going to start Christmas that I got to get Derek to get the Christmas stuff out of the, the what's it called? Mm-hmm. The attic. I, uh, I took my Halloween stuff down and I bought a new tote because I don't have enough totes. So like they don't close and yeah. there was like a bird's nest and one of like a, in my garage and one of my Chris, it was a whole, uh, the whole there was it was bad um (laughs) but I so I've organized all of my Halloween stuff and taken it down and my fall stuff I thought about it I was gonna like ease into it but I'm not I'm done (laughs) oh hello hello hi how are you Good. My fa- just a heads up. My family just got home, so I know. So my dog's gonna be a little loud for a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, they go nuts. Um, 
thanks for coming on. We're so thank excited. you so much. You're very welcome. I you love you. Very welcome. Those are <laughs> oh, many. <laughs> thank you. How did you all hear about me? Instagram. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I found that every time I was sharing a post on Instagram to Brie, um, oh, hang on a second. Okay. My husband, my husband took her. Um, I found that every time I was sharing an Instagram to Brie to be like, oh, we should talk about this, or this is so interesting. Look at this. It was your post. So I was like, we've got to get her on. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> you know, you post things and you don't know how they're going to land or who's going to end up finding them. So it's always nice to hear how actually yeah. the world to read this and it's not just me you know talking into the wind <laughs> oh yeah we um yeah she sent me I think it was like after two or three posts it was like should we just should we just go for it we should yeah. just reach <laughs> I was like should we just reach <laughs> out because this is very big and again we're not the experts um so I don't know if you know much about our podcast or not but we started it because um I have custody my nieces and I have a 17 year old and a 12 year old. And I just found myself talking to them and talking to their friends about things that they just, the information just wasn't readily available to them. And they weren't having those conversations otherwise. And then Bree is a pharmacist. She has more of a medical background. Um, and we're both big feminists and we just, we wanted to provide that resource that we didn't have. And so we're not experts, but we're trying to seek you know, mm-hmm. some of the answers yeah. and some of the advice. And so, you know, we're just really grateful that we actually have an expert. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I think that's great. Right. Like we, when we want to do better than what we got, but then it's like, what, what resources are there and are they reliable and are they any good? And yeah. Yeah. And we, we previously had a gynecologist on, um, we've had a therapist on. And so uh, we're trying to get, you know, people who can, can speak on topics that, you know, we, we can do the research, but you know, it's much better if you have someone who can actually speak to it. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy to be here and chat with you both. Yeah. We're so happy to have you, especially on like the topic of sex, because we have noticed like throughout our, like about a year, 10 months of doing this, that, um, our audience is more, or older so it's not so much having to just talk about like virginity and like being embarrassed in high school and things like that we're getting more of a crowd talking about the more taboo things like we've had episodes about abstinence and about like what they don't in sex ed but again like Lauren was saying we're not professionals so we just do the research and we just kind of regurgitate what we've read so we love the opportunity to have you on to give us professional advice Happy to. Where where are you all from? I notice accents that are different from mine, and I'm curious where you are in the world. So we are from Kentucky. Uh, We grew up together, actually. So we've been friends since middle school, and uh, we went to high school and college together. And so, but um, Bree, so I'm still in Kentucky right now, and I'm in I'm in Georgia. I'm about an hour outside of Atlanta, and I've been here for about five years. So that's why we're not. We're together, but apart. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Great. Love it. Yep. So I'll do a really quick introduction and then we can start talking about, I do want to hear where you're from also in some of your background, but I think it would be good for our listeners to hear that too. So. Great. 
Okay, so welcome to the pod, sexologist Dr. Jill with three degrees in sexuality. Dr. Jill is helping people find their sexual happiness. And we were just talking offline um, and we found her via Instagram. I was telling her that I was sharing all of her posts with Bree and finally was like, we got to get her on. <laughs> so thank Love you. It. Yes. <laughs> Coming on. Um, yeah, do you, you want to, so do you want to give us a little bit of background on, um, well, first where you're from and then also how you got started in doing what you do? Sure. I live in San Diego right now. I grew up in Philadelphia. And um, I have always, well, always wanted to be a sexologist since I was about 15 years old and um, found that there was similar, what we were just talking about offline, that there, I had feelings and emotions and curiosities and interests and uh, going through puberty, getting my first boyfriend, falling in love for the first time, having my first sexual thoughts or experiences, all those things. And I felt totally ill-equipped to handle them. I didn't understand how I was feeling or what I was experiencing. I didn't find um, the, the sex education in school to be at all helpful. And I just was really feeling a lot of shame and confusion um, that led me to kind of doing my own research in my high school library until I found some information that I thought was helpful. I started telling other kids on the bus on a school bus and at school and things about, oh, you know, this is the truth and this is, you know, and, and, um, and I really liked the way it felt to, uh, one, just feel more at peace myself and not that, that, oh, am I weird? Am I normal? Is this, you know, like those feelings and to feel like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Um, but to be that person for others to kind of drag um, these difficult topics out of the shadows and help my friends and classmates. So I was like, is there, is there a career for this? Can I do this for a living? And <laughs> so, um, turns out there is, and here we are. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's amazing. So you were, you were the kid, you were like, no, I'm telling you the truth. That's a rumor. That's not, um, that's not going to happen. So what exactly? That's, hey, go real quick. That's so funny only because when I gave my youngest her like first like the period book and like the puberty book and I was like read this and then let's talk about it and she w asked me if she could go and tell all of her friends at school about it <laughs> so it's just funny that you said that <laughs> sorry Brie no no you're okay yeah, passing the tour you know and then she's teaching yeah. like, hopefully like the good information is getting out <laughs> right yeah <laughs> no I was just gonna ask what exactly does a sexologist do what's the and how and what like degree path do you have to take like what exactly does that entail for people who don't know what that is yeah so sexology is a very broad umbrella topic for basically the scientific study of of sexuality of human sexual behavior and so lots of people who do this work don't title themselves sexologists they might more title themselves by the uh the way they deliver that. So whether they're a therapist or a researcher or a writer or educator. Um, and um, so basically for my path was pursuing, uh, I was so eager, right? When you're, when you know what the passion of your life is going to be when you're 15 or like grad school might as well be a million years away. I don't want to wait to specialize. Like I'm going to do it now. Um, at that time, however, there was no bachelor's degree programs in human sexuality, except for one 
in Canada, um, which I pursued. So I moved to Canada um, and uh, Ontario, Canada, and had at that time the only bachelor's degree. It was a BA in sexuality, marriage, and family. Now there are almost a hundred bachelor programs in sexuality in the United States. So this is a burgeoning field of interest, thank goodness. Um, and so when I graduated, I was very eager again to just like get started, get started with you know my work. I wanted to do um, sex education, but not like the kind you get in school, like the stuff that's really important that people really want to know and make you think. And uh, so whether that was like speaking tours or like a TED talks or, you know, just whatever it might be conferences and um, realize very quickly that no one wants to hear a 21 year old talk about like sex. People are like, what do you know? What are you talking about? Um, and this was also the recession. I graduated college at the top of that. So there's no jobs, even if people were interested to hear what I have to say. So I started pursuing a master's degree and then eventually a PhD in human sexuality education, meanwhile starting this company that I still am running of, of teaching adults um, the things that they didn't learn in school that would be beneficial to their actual lives as sexual beings in this world. And then of course, as my career has gone on, I've picked up different um, trainings and certifications in specialized areas. So I do um, coaching, as well as education and writing. So it's really kind of a mixed bag, but that was my particular journey. That's really cool. I went on your website, of course, um, because, you know, like I mentioned, the in, in, your Instagram is what drew us in. And I was like, well, let me learn more. And so on your on your website, it speaks to coaching. And I found that like you have a couple of different areas where you approach coaching. So can you talk about that a little bit, like just the different types of coaching options that you offer? Yeah, you know, coaching is a really, really unique and, and not well understood even method because you can do it, um, you can apply the techniques and there's health coaches and business coaches and all different kinds of coaches. Um, and so a lot of times people are thinking like that I'm a sex therapist, which is a bit of a different um, kind of scope. Basically what's cool about what I do in, as far as coaching is it takes people who are generally healthy and happy, you know, there's no like major um, situation going on, but they're just not happy sexually. They're just, whether that's like, oh, I've never, I've never been able to have an orgasm, or I always want to have sex with the lights on. And, um, you know, cause I'm just embarrassed about my body or, you know, every time I talk to my partner about speaking up for what I want, I get too embarrassed and we just never communicate. Like these little, these little things that if you could just like snap those into place, like, ah, oh, everything would be great. Like there's no major catastrophes, but there's just like this gnawing, like I'm not thriving. I'm not at my best yeah. as a sexual person. And so my job is to build on the strengths that are already going on in people's lives. Oftentimes that they don't even realize and level them up so that they're like waking up like, yes, I am a happy, thriving sexual person. And it's really powerful. It's really powerful on both sides of it. Um, I really enjoy it. So as far as the topics, they really vary. You know, I give a couple of examples, communication, orgasm, body image, um, but um, they really run the gamut for sure. Gotcha. And so when you, so in your work, what, what would you say is your favorite part of your job? The favorite thing that you do? 
Oh, it's okay. So in the coaching domain, my favorite thing that I do, like my favorite part is when, this is kind of true for teaching too, right? Like you can tell somebody something, like you probably have this experience. I know I have, someone tells you something and you're like, yeah, I know, but you're not going to do that. <laughs> like if you really want to, you know, you should do this more and do this last and if yeah. you want more energy, you should go to bed early and not bring your phone into the bed and you should, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, 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 but I'm going to do those things. So the same things are true with sex. We have habits, bad habits uh, related to sexuality, like we do in other areas of our lives. And so my favorite part is when I am not, because it's not my job, that person would be like, well, if you want to communicate, you should speak up or you should do this, or you should do that. And instead I kind of like help people work through their goals, their strengths, what's going on in their situation. And they actually arrive to them to themselves. So they say to me, you know, I really should do this thing. And I'm like, oh. yeah, it should, interesting. Should you? <laughs> and it's just so much more powerful when people figure out it for themselves Yeah, um, because you're going to do it. You're going to make those changes in your life. You're going to speak up and tell your partner what you want if you right. arrived at that yourself. So that's really powerful. And then um, when I'm doing my, because I still do um, speaking events for adults, sex ed for adults. So um, do you only, so you only do the sex ed for adults. You don't do for children, do you? I don't. Okay. I, don't. I was just yeah. curious so this about is that. Everything from med students to, you know, college health centers, bachelorette part, you know, any type of audiences. Um, oh, very cool. I love that. Yeah. So many diverse and different, interesting audiences have the idea to, to hire someone like me to do a speaking event. Um, and so my favorite moment there is the, is the, the aha, right? Like the look on someone's face when they're like, this whole thing, I believe my whole life is a lie. <laughs> and now I have to like, recalibrate what that means and I that's just that's powerful for me as the educator so you're helping them out with a lot of relearning yes and thank you for saying it that way too right because when people think of sex educate they think I'm teaching I'm like I'm not really teaching this I'm unteaching I'm like unlearning the stuff that you were taught yeah wrong either wrong uh content wise like mm -hmm. just factually wrong um, but also more like the way you process and interpret, it, you know, being not yeah. the most helpful. Um, so yeah, reframing and people are like, whoa, 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 you know, wow, wait a minute, wait a minute. And, um, that's, I love that. <laughs> no, that's definitely great. Especially well for adults, because we're the ones that went through the, you know, piss poor sex ed back in school. And like, we've had, you know, like I've said, we've had episodes about it and like, I'll get on a pedestal about how bad sex ed is in school. And then it, it's a whole emotional trip for me. But um, yeah, I really, like Lauren says all the time, we just have to, we're relearning things and, you know, just bettering ourselves for it. So that's a great opportunity for those groups. So yeah. then you also have on your website where if someone wants to boost their sexology skills and credentials, so are you teaching others in your field? Yeah. Yeah. Build a little empire here. Look at you. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. I currently have two people in beta testing this program where I'm basically teaching um, people, my very, you know, the specific methods that I use, um, with coaching in particular using, you know, like the, the training on the sex education part, and then the training on the, how to then use that to help people. Um, and 
there's a lot, I, I'm constantly feeling increased from people who want to do this. Mm-hmm. Something, something related to sexology as a living. Um, so it just seemed like, uh, you know, I did the school of hard knocks way, you know, moving out yeah. of the country, trying to piecemeal a career together where one did not exist. Um, and now, you know, it's nice to be able to kind of give a more prepackaged uh, example to somebody else. Be like, you want to get into this? Great. I have a training. Here yeah, become, absolutely. <laughs> well, even yeah. throughout COVID, I mean, that's one of the things that, I, you know, as Bree and I were doing this podcast that I was thinking about, and we were just talking about how terrible sex ed is in public schools. And I was like, I want to be a sex ed teacher. I want to be the person teaches them because they need someone else. They need someone who wants to go more in depth. But of course, I think that there's issues with getting things approved and whatever that means. But are you, are you seeing anybody or is there anybody that you know of that is trying to do that? That's trying to infiltrate it on the school level or is it all just adults? Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh, there's a ton. Oh, thank you. Thank goodness for them. Um, (laughs) yes, there's a lot of good, there's a whole organization. Um, they put on an annual conference, um, the Sex Ed, National Sex Ed Conference. They have an academic journal. Um, they do trainings and they do they do that work of um, trying to, I guess it's called the Center for Sex Education, um, trying to policy and get people who are educators, the, the skills and the, and the resources they need. Because there's, there's, I think, you know, it sounds like your experiences from what you alluded to were similar to mine, which were piss poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like there were levels to the piss poor. It's, yeah. um, it, it's the educated, some, sometimes it's the actual educator. Um, but my colleagues, I think are great. Um, we would love those jobs, right? Like, but it's going to like health teacher, gym yeah. teachers, people who are like, or, or we're at my school, we brought in outside speakers from like um, anti, anti-choice organizations, anti-sex, you know, yep. all those types of organizations to come in and do a sex ed talk, but really it's like this indoctrination thing. Mm-hmm. We um, had that in middle school and it was a, a, I don't know what the company was called or who the, the consultants were, but it was called postponing sexual involvement. And they just used the craze. I remember this, like from middle school, they just used the core the memory for her. <laughs> they, they, it was all shame, you know, and, you know, uh, telling us not to do it. And of course, you know, that's a wh- horrible way to approach sex ed, in my opinion. But um, yeah, like that leaves a lasting impression on these kids because, you know, that was 15 years ago more and we're still reliving the trauma. <laughs> Did you have the analogies? We had the, the tape. You're like, you're like a used up piece of tape. That's oh my gosh. Arm, or you're the used up chewing gum. Yes. Used up. Yeah. It's the so shampoo. traumatizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it really provides, is. like you said, it, it, it creates so much shame for, you know, this natural and normal activity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my yes, my work has been trying to kind of straddle this balance between taking, you know, doing, trying to fix it that's already been done, mm-hmm. you know, so most of the coaching that I do is people who, like us, grew up with that type of sex ed that was so shame-based mm-hmm. and help them learn to be happy, thriving sexual beings outgrowing that shame, being like, well, I was taught, and it was drilled to my head when I was 11, that gir- good girls do not do that, and slutty girls do that. And that's yeah. not, and now they're adult, now they're 30. And they're like, but I want to ask my partner to go down on me, but like that I'm a bad right. girl and I'm a, you know, I'm like t- to disconnect that, like, 
that shame from yes so while also trying to like stop it from happening with the new generation yeah and it's, it's it's a tricky balance right so it's like yes the sex educators that are being brought in they're not great giving the sex educators who are great the jobs because mm -hmm. they're not there's no shortage of them there's so many of us out there but I think also it's not even what is said it's also what's not said I always think there's such a powerful message and like well, who, you know, what experiences sexually we're we not talking about? Are we talking about pregnancy prevention and that's it? Okay, so the kids curious about being being queer or someone had mm -hmm. an experience with um, a sexual assault or someone's trying to navigate, right? That's like completely not said. So no. then one as a child draws their own conclusions. Mm -hmm. in I, the will say, yeah. I will say I didn't understand um, like a, a girl and a girl having sex, like what that entailed, honestly, until porn, I had no idea. Or there were, you know, things that were said and I was like, okay, I guess that's what it looks like. Had no idea. Like I, it is very hetero, very, you know, woman and man. And then in, to your point, it was just prevention. Well, we're taught sex from, uh, strictly as a procreation event, yes. not a pleasure event. So when you talk about, you know, doing those things that make it pleasurable, that's when you get the whores and you're the slut and everything else. So obviously, like if, you know, two women, they cannot procreate. So it immediately creates this like, I don't want to say dirty, but kind of that like kinky connotation is why, you know, some lesbian, like people fetishize lesbians, which is not, you know, great at all. And it's why it's taboo or not okay because it's not for procreation so it's just a that shame base just really feels it it cuts so deep and I don't think these people calling the sex ed shots recognize that yeah I can't figure out what the problem is if they don't know <laughs> or they don't care I think or, it's the latter because or it threatens their social standing Right? That's what like, I think it is. I think better, it's fear-based. Yeah. I think they're afraid of society. I think they're afraid of the parents. I think they're afraid of the backlash, um, especially in, I mean, I live in a very conservative, pretty rural suburban town. Um, and I, I know that there would be backlash just from, even from my kids' parents and the way that they've like talked to their children. Like, I just know that they're not teaching. It's not a sex positive house. And so I, I, I think that people do, if we're out of fear, they don't go into, you know, how can we make this better? They're like, nope, we're just going to keep it pretty baseline, very vanilla and like safe in their mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I hate. Yeah, I think that's part of it, mm -hmm. which I hate because I think that the more that you, you learn, the more you educate, the more you create this safe space. I think that, you know, of course those children would grow up with way less shame. And then I think it would also teach the parents that it's okay to have these conversations. It's okay to, to educate. Um, so I think that that's, I think it's hard. I think it's, you know, it's a definitely a huge overtaking, undertaking, overtaking. I don't know which one that is. Um, but I think, I think it's beautiful that you have colleagues and that you yourself are trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I know it's, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of components and, and I've tried to like uh, understand those who are against what it is that I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. right? And and I've had all kinds of pushback. Um, you know, I've had people 
picket. I've had people go to city council meetings trying to revoke my business license. I've had oh people goodness. leave like you're you're going to hell and you need to be redeemed on my like windshield. Like I mean, like I've had terrible. It's really like, yeah. So I'm that's terrible. And also, why do they have so much time on their hands? Maybe really? they should be having better sex. Honestly, <laughs> they're, they're so threatened, right? Like, what is what is going? What are they going to lose? And so, to the point of like, right? Those analogies of your your used up piece of gum, or you're this, or you're that. Um, so they say like they're only teaching the like the biology, mm-hmm. but really, in the way they're teaching that, they're teaching about value and we're. Oh no. Are you, so you're not frozen. I didn't know if it was me. Dr. Jill. Dr. Jill. I hate it then too. Cause then when they pop back, then they're in the middle of what they were already saying. Oh, I hate the internet. <laughs> it always goes against us. Internet works just fine until it's time to record. No. Oh, we might have lost you. Sorry. We lost you. <laughs> not but, sure. I was battling on for a while there. Not sure I how know. I was going. I wish we would have gotten it too. I was like, oh no, I hate it. Cause then when it cuts back, then they're already in the middle of what they were already saying. The internet. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it was something to the point of like, Speaking about worth, you're teaching children about their worth in a way. Oh no, you did it Rats. again. It cracks me up when you say So sad. Can you hear my cats? I can't. Oh, they're going rare outside of my door because they want to be included in the talk dr jill usually it's me i'm shocked is it me jesus (laughs) oh no really lost her (laughs) remember Um, she's talking about values and worth teaching values and worth even though they say they're only teaching biology is it me, Jesus? I don't think I'm the drama. Am I the drama? Am I the drama? <laughs> Did you have any specific questions that you wanted to ask her? Um, after she finishes this, I wanted to say, like, so you talk about shame, but I also wanted to ask, um, like, if, like, do people come in because of, like, kink issues like they are their partners yeah. they don't see eye to eye and if we're asking saying to if someone's listening and they feel like whatever their sex issues are they're unique to them like they have a weird kink or they're very shameful or this that and the other like do you see a lot of repeating things like just to let people know yeah, I'd like to alone. know what like the top three things are yeah and like just like to let people know they're not alone dr jill she's back all right. Okay. So we were talking about what we got is um, they're also teaching worth and value through the biology. And that's where you had started it. <laughs> yes. So um, 
and that is what I think the shame the shame comes in of people feeling like they aren't worthy and then I also think that's why people don't like real sex education because if everybody figured out that they are worthy regardless of who and how and how often they have sex Mm -hmm. you're going to have a lot of power shifts in society and I think they're threatened by that yeah that's a very interesting take and I I kind of would love to see that play out Mm -hmm. (laughs) Brie has some other questions though too that we wanted to ask yeah I was gonna ask um so a lot of your clients or when you're doing these educations you're like we said the relearning and talking about how your sexual values are your sexual values but do you also have um clients or talk about like kinks or if people's kinks don't match like you want to do something a little freaky and your man might not be into it like does that come up oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah 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 yeah. discordant um all kinds of things uh interests um sexual desires levels of sexual desires someone's like i could do it once a month someone's like i could do it once a day you know or i'm into these things or i'm into you know so you have two people in a relationship and they have like diverging interests and desires and how do we navigate that and yes the big one so in that situation do you are you meeting with just the one person or are you meeting with the couple or is does it vary it varies it varies okay. i actually prefer to work with individuals yeah because um, you kind of just can get real into it easier yeah. um but um but yeah i've done both that's interesting. We were also wondering what are like the top three, if you could put it, I don't know if you can or not, but put it into like three different categories of what people who come in, who want to, you know, relearn these behaviors and what's like the, the top three concerns that you would say, um, or the issues they're having. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I mean, speaking very broadly, um, communication, however, that might shake out so whether that is they're having some type of struggle with relationship and sex and they can't talk about it or one person feels like they can't talk about what they want or they they don't want or um or they do talk about it and the other person doesn't respond the way they want and they feel like oh but their feelings are hurt or they're angry and so you kind of just really navigating all of the complex communication components with like you're talking about that backdrop of the social narrative of what is what does even it mean to communicate about sex and the skill set right like this is what I try and tell people to to kind of like uh to kind of show some empathy is like it's okay that this is a struggle because were any of us taught this you know what's a lot you know it's a skill like communicating about sex is a skill that none of us were taught there's no other skill we pick up with never having been taught it or tried it before and are great at it immediately. So of course people are going to run into trouble and not be, you know, the best at first. So um, that's a big one. Um, ooh, there's a big, there's a lot of stuff around um, like think. It's kind of interesting thinking something's wrong that it actually isn't. That's actually one of the biggest problems that I have with people is they come to me thinking there's a problem and there is actually not a problem. It's just society has led them to think that there's something wrong, which there isn't. So like, for instance, desire, you know, um, we start making out and I'm not turned on. I haven't lubricated or I'm not feeling it or I don't want you. So there must be something wrong. 
there must be something wrong because their whole understanding is you should get into it real quick especially men yeah. <laughs> they're like my she's my wife just stripped off into her underwear and is dancing around and I'm not into it <laughs> so there must be something wrong with me right because that's what tv has told them tv and movies has told them right. So it's not so much fixing the problem as it is helping people realize they don't have a problem. They've been lied to. They're fine. If that's the case, you know, sometimes there might be a desire issue or an erection issue or some other issue, but a lot of times it's like, oh, there is no problem. (laughs) That's so interesting. I hadn't thought of that yet as being something that people come to you for, but that makes total sense where, you know, society has told them you're supposed to act and perform one way. And if you're not meeting all of those standards and there's something wrong with you and really that's not it, you know, every person is different and their desires are different and the way that they go into it's different. And the time it takes to go through right. it. And yeah. and yeah, same thing with orgasm. A lot of women being like, I don't have an orgasm during intercourse. So something's broken. And I'm like, no, that's not. <laughs> let's talk about clitoral stimulation. Like, let's talk right. about all those things. Um, so yeah, so a lot of this I'm broken narrative, which when we live in a shame-based sex society, that's comes with a lot of unbrokens when they aren't. Um Okay, so communications, I'm broken, but I'm not really, and, uh, ooh, like, yeah, I think a lot of, there's a lot of, like, orgasm stuff, also a lot of sexual identity stuff, a lot of, I might be asexual, I might be bisexual, I'm not sure how I know, how do I figure that out? Um, Have you noticed an increase in that lately? Yes. I only say that because I think TikTok taught every straight woman that they might, might not be completely straight. (laughs) (laughs) Might have a little, uh, little energy coming off there. And also of course the acceptance has, you know, there's just been, you know, more acceptance and more celebration and all of that. So I was, I was just curious. I assume it has increased over the years. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Also, I don't mean I don't mean to cut you off, but it says we have a time left, which is so weird. That's literally never happened to us. So if it does cut us off, we can just log right back on, um, is what I'm going to try and do. I don't know why I did that. That's so bizarre. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Since this pandemic, um, that's really shifted the things that people come to talk to me about because everybody is very, 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 very stressed out and stress is very catastrophic to sex drives, orgasm, everything related to sex is impacted by stress chronic high level stress and so people are like everything's wrong sexually and um it comes it turns out that it's a stress related thing that so we end up working on meal planning and saying no to boss overtime and we end up coaching about that that's what we're talking about in sessions how to stand up to your boss and say no to overtime um because it's actually impacting yeah, because that affects you that's so crazy i i didn't think about that i thought it would be more only focused on, you know, the act of sex, but, you know, especially with women and I'm sure men too, but you definitely have to be in the right mindset. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you say that, and I know all of your clients are individual and everyone kind of walks their path through life. uh, But as Lauren and I always say, like, you know, you're not special. You're not the only one. Like we're all kind of walking through the same journey. So just to anybody that kind of feels like whatever their issue with sex is, um, be it shame, be it like a a weird, not weird, but weird to maybe their partner kink um, or anything like that. Do you feel like there's anything that's too outlandish or people kind of all 
experiencing the same experiences. Yeah. <laughs> they're all, <laughs> they're all, it's all the same. Yeah. Cause you know, and I try to explain this to folks in a way that's validating because when it's you, it feels awful. Yeah. And so it's like, um, but also you're not alone. You're not alone, which is good because that means, you know, I, that's reassuring to a lot of people, but also like, that means that like, I have a lot of practice in helping people with this. Like you're not my first case. I need to be consulting the textbooks, you know, like I have done this. Um, oh, that's and, really helpful. I'm sure for right? them to like, yeah. like get more comfortable, you know, exactly. You know, yeah. and I've had people and, and I, I sometimes I'll say this in jest and sometimes it's literally true. And sometimes it's just figuratively true, but I am like, you're literally not even my first person today with this, <laughs> like, let alone in my career, like maybe it's the day or the day before the week before, but I'm like, it's usually like the same issue, same yeah. through. Um, it's not like you're blind with something I have never heard before. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. I love that. And I think that's just very telling, like you said, to just show people that you're not alone. And then just to, we've all, you know, like we've all been through this weird shame sex cycle and we're all climbing our way out of it. So, well, and like, you know, Brie alluded to the fact that we always say that I, I, I always say that if the internet's taught me anything, it's that I'm not special and I'm living the same reality that almost everyone, or at least most people, my age group have lived out. And, you know, I think we saw that a lot whenever there was a bunch of, you know, foot fetish stuff that came through on the internet, you know, and it, it was like, at first it felt a little taboo. And then it's like, everyone's in defeat. Okay. This is. <laughs> This is great that everyone's getting to know it. And then, you know, with the resurgence of OnlyFans, do you ever have any like issues with OnlyFans or do you have anyone talk about OnlyFans? Like maybe it's just partners, you know, are uncomfortable with their partner going to OnlyFans or people like feeling shame for being on there. Has that come up at all over the pandemic? I've had people feel shame for being, for doing it, for being on it, for, for being a, um, doing the work or whatever and um and interest sometimes I find like certain things shame-based right because shame makes us want to shrink um and so it sometimes will take some time before a client even tells me the full nature of the shame so they might so it might be sessions in before I've like well okay so I have this only pants or okay so this I have this fetish or I have this fantasy or I have this and so they had to feel me out even yeah. You know, and I'm the person who's being like, Hey, everybody's good and normal. <laughs> and they're still like, okay, I hear you, but I got to feel it a few yeah. sessions first. So, um, but yes, to your question. Yes. I've, I've heard that about the shame and, um, yeah. That makes sense. I do have another question, but since our time's about to end. Do we just want to log off and then log back on? Yeah, yeah that works. Okay. I'm so sorry about this. <laughs> Okay, back on. So I, that is so bizarre that that happened. I'm gonna, I think we're gonna have to start using Google from now on for these. <laughs> um, but so the question that I had, we were just talking about OnlyFans. Have you seen, and I don't know if you get a lot of this and this may be more into like relationship therapist, but have you seen where the realms for cheating have changed like the parameters for cheating because we have Instagram because we have 
OnlyFans because we have Pornhub now. Have you seen like technology change the way that relationships react and the way that, you know, partners view cheating? That's a good question because I don't know if I would say change because there's always been people for whom they are going to think that uh, talking to other people, Mm -hmm. talking about sexuality, being sexual in their dress and their behavior and their interests feels um feels like some type of violation to them yeah um, and so like the technology changes but like okay 20 30 years ago that might have been calling uh those you know 900 numbers <laughs> the, you know the sex <laughs> the phone yeah. sex operators or the internet and then it was chat rooms and then it was you know pick your pick your technology um but the I think the underlying thing is the same where people feel like well um I own you like I possess your sexuality so if you you know but how different individuals and couples uh I've had uh people be very very like couples that would see me be very like I remember vividly this is like over a decade ago now the the it was a heterosexual husband found the wife's vibrator call me like it's an emergency i need to see you right away an emergency they're both crying they're both and i'm like what what happened what happened found the vibrator this was very threatening to him um so you know stuff like that to be like um let's talk about what it means to be in a sexually exclusive relationship is her masturbate like it's her body, you know, and what's coming up for you that that feels so threatening. Like what, what are you, what's an unmet need for you and yourself that that feels like, what's that, what's that about? Right. So, um, that's an example that comes to mind. So some, I think some people's are like where they, where they fall on that spectrum of Mm -hmm. my, my, my partner is an individual sexual being for whom we've agreed to not engage in other sexual acts to fully like they're they're wearing lacy underwear under their sweatpants and they didn't tell me about it today and now that like the things i've heard be called cheating is really um yeah that makes me really sad that is really sad yeah that makes me sad for the people who are now being told that they're bad for doing these things. And of course it, it obviously I feel sad that the people feel like that there's a need to control someone on that level, but it really makes me feel sad for the people who are uh, quote unquote being controlled in these situations, because then I feel like that's reiterating another form of shame that now in the future there, it's going to be so much harder for them to express themselves or do whatever they were doing before, because they've been told that it's wrong. And it's just so interesting because I don't feel like a lot of couples have, and maybe some do, um, but have that conversation early on about like what this exclusivity means, Mm -hmm. you know, like, okay, like we are monogamous, but does that mean we only do all sex with each other? Like you'd ever ask, I've, well, I've never had the conversation. Like, how do you feel about masturbation? Like you just do it you know, and if you get caught, that's join in something like that. But you don't think, um, I would never think to have that conversation, but I guess in some scenarios you, you would need to, you know? Yeah. I think it's, I think that's a really important conversation. Porn is another one that comes up a lot mm-hmm. is watching pornography cheating. I've had many of people 
in my office, really, really upset that that is cheating and the fact that their partner watches pornography is very, yeah. right? But like to my methods point, right? Like I can't be like, you need to get over it. It's their body and they can masturbate if they want to because they're not going to listen to me. Right. But through the course of the work and empowering them to be introspective and giving them tools and information, the goal is that they at some point come to me and go, uh, they're not they're their own person they can touch their own body <laughs> and it's like yes 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 but of course it's one thing to know and it's another thing to feel it like I know that it's not wrong but it still makes me feel jealous okay mm-hmm. that we can unpack what why is you know and that's where my empathy for the other partner comes in because they're mm-hmm. they're shaming from their own stuff yeah so like work your own stuff um, I feel like in that scenario where you run into the issue is that it's like the other person is comfortable with their partner watching porn and masturbating and wearing lacy undies or whatever, but they're comfortable with it. So they just assume that their partner is also comfortable with those expressions. So they just don't worry about it until it comes up. And then they're in your office complaining about him cheating with a girl from Pornhub. (laughs) Right. Right. I will yeah. say so that. Like, yeah. And I will say that as I've gotten older, my opinions on almost, of course, everything has changed. You know, you, you learn new information, you grow up, you get out of the shame cycle. Um, but, you know, I, I, I feel like I had an issue with it in the past. Not, not an issue. I never told someone that they couldn't watch porn, but it made me feel like insecure. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's not even a thought. So it's just, it's interesting how perspectives change as you get older. And again, like I said, new information being reintroduced. I'm a big fan of, you know, get, I'm a new, I'm a big fan of having a new opinion based on new information, like changing your based on new information. I think that that's empowering. I think that, you know, the more you learn, the more you educate yourself and the more you put yourself in other people's shoes, that the better off you can be. Yeah. That's, that's growth. That's what we can all hope for ourselves yeah. and others right it's like yeah you gain new information you can you have that cognitive dissonance like that doesn't fit with my current thing my current feeling so we yeah. can adapt yeah so we were talking so we've talked about instagram a lot um and i i was just curious if that has um been a good tool for you to reach people and for like clients to first contact you there because i feel like it's more in my mind it would feel more safe doing it via a DM or something like that, as opposed to like searching a sexologist online and trying to find your website and all that. It just feels like, I don't know, like maybe they already know you or it would be an easier first touch point. So I was just curious if some, if clients find you that way. Yeah. Yes, they do. I've had a, I've had a love hate relationship with Instagram. Um, it has been good for business. It's been good as an ex- creative outlet for ex- personal expression. It's, connection and community and all the things that social media is supposed to be. Um, it is really, really difficult um, because Instagram, Facebook, um, Owens Instagram is very, uh, very prudish yeah. and they flag sexologists and ban sexologists. So I'm always very careful about what I post and spelling things different. Mm-hmm. So if they're just but they have bots going and deleting accounts that use certain words. Like I won't get caught. Like I'm very intentional and deliberate because I've had colleagues have 30,000 followers and they're just like, nope, sorry, you posted a nipple, you're done. Or you posted a condom, you're done. And use the word orgasm, you're done. Um, it's just, 
I have seen on like TikTok how people will spell sex. It's S-E-G-G-S, like instead of S-E-X. I guess that's why, though, because of the bots. Ah, that's right. And so it's so ironic to be trying to say we need to normalize these conversations while self-centered, like censoring, censoring myself to say we need to stop censoring. Um, But but yes, it's been good for getting, you know, from business perspective, people do find me that way. I wish Instagram direct messages would allow you to organize and sort more like an email. Because yeah. what happens will sometimes people will send me a message about a business inquiry, being interested in coaching or something. And then I post something in my stories. It gets like the heart reacts or the whatever reacts. So then it in your DM and then time and then I can't find them and you can't search for them and there's no like way to organize it like you can an email. So I'm always like, like if possible email me because then I'm going to see it. Um, but yeah, no, it's good because I agree. People feel like they know me. If, if like it builds rapport, builds trust, mm-hmm. they can see my face. They can see who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I think for all oh, of yeah. those reasons, it can be really great. Do you use TikTok also? I don't, you know, when that came out, like I was just like <laughs> lying in the sand decision. Am I doing another platform? Am I doing this? <laughs> am I doing this? And I was like, no, I decided to not to, um, what I was like, platform? Snapchat, Snapchat was the one that Snapchat came and I'm like, nope, not doing no. it. <laughs> you know, I've um, seen companies use Snapchat and it always feels a little odd to me. It feels too personal. I feel like, I don't think that it's a good, good one for, you know, companies or products or things like that. Um, but so what, so what platforms are you on that you use and that you've found success in? Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, like I'm OG Facebook, you know, like I've had Facebook since like 2004. <laughs> so I've used Facebook forever. And then I, then I, YouTube, you know, I, I was big on YouTube on YouTube. And then I had Tumblr, like Tumblr was my thing. When Tumblr was a thing, that was like a big um, area for which I talked a lot. I wrote a lot, a lot, a lot about sexuality um, there. And then it was Instagram. So that's kind of been my primary. Now I'm doing reels, which is still Instagram, but it's a whole yeah. new thing. So now we're doing reels. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's good to stay up with things, but it's also for me, like not putting all my eggs in one basket in case one platform decides that they're going to ban me for the sex content. And I'm like, I still have yeah. other. Yeah. Um, when you, like in your experience, I know you kind of, you told us how you started and how you just wanted answers. Um, and in your experience and throughout all of this, do you have, could you like maybe in a couple like sentences, um, like the biggest takeaway that we should think about sex and our bodies, like just a kind of a blanket statement to lift us up and make us feel good? <laughs> all the pressure used, put you on the spot there uh i've used a lot the um sexually fun and pleasure is good for you is it as a saying i i use a lot when you know that it doesn't have to be for the sake of anything oh masturbation makes your skin clear and gives you gets rid of migraines also it feels good we can do things that are pleasurable because they're pleasurable sexually emotionally in our lives like i so i think that's one i like to kind of blankets mine take on this. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Cause I think to your point, we don't focus enough on the pleasure and that pleasure is okay. And pleasure is good. And pleasure should just be for pleasure. Um, 
yeah, I feel like we get a lot of, well, if you masturbate, you're less stressed and you know, all of like the benefits of it instead of just being like, Hey, this is great. Yes. Yeah. And we, I can catch myself doing it too. Well, cause masturbation is a good tool to help people learn about their bodies. I give masturbation homework to people at the time. And yes, it does have all these great benefits. Also, you know, we can just let things be fun and pleasurable sexually. And, and in life, I did this uh, retreat pre pandemic. I squeezed it in. Um, and where it was like in San Diego and we were laying on beaches and we were doing some sex ed and some like, you know, retreat type things for, but like the whole idea was everything about this is, is against that idea that ple- we can't have pleasure. Guess what? We're going to sleep in and we're going to sit on this beach and we're going to enjoy ourselves. And we're going to eat good food. And we're going to learn about orgasms. And the whole thing was like, pleasure is good. And society hates all these things. Sleeping in is lazy. Go on vacation. That's selfish. You know, this is, this, you know, and it's like, no, no, we need to shift all that. I love that. I'm all about that mantra because (laughs) I hate anything that's restrictive. I'm also not a morning person. So I am a a sleeper inner. And I do feel a lot of shame about that. Society has told me that I'm lazy or there's something wrong with me or I'm not being productive enough. And I love food. Oh, I love food. And I stray away from any type of restrictive dieting because I've done them before and it just I'm not as happy. So I love, I want to go to a retreat where you, <laughs> yeah, you sleep in and talk to. about orgasms. Yeah, yeah, we did the first one. It was great. I'm big on beta testing. So I did the first one. Beta testing it was great. Second one was planned for 2020. And, you know, that's how that went. And I've yeah. never come circled back around. Well, so maybe someday. It. Well, you have two buy-ins right here. If you want to do another one, we're in for this for sure. And thank you. You did. That was great. I'm going to put you on the spot all the time from now on because that was amazing. Um, I do love San Diego also. I went, I've been to San Diego once and loved the food. I loved everything about San Diego. It was very much the vibe that I was there for. So I went for a wedding. And I've been to Kentucky once. What part was that? It was, it was, it was, I am, I was coming from Philadelphia at the time. I've never, like my friend was, was working in Kentucky. So we came out to visit her and it was a dry County. Oh, yeah. I was, so I was like, what is that? I was, a culture it was shock. Like, it, was, it was a culture shock. And, but that's why you travel is to learn like the whole world mm-hmm. doesn't think the way you think and do things the way you do things. And so it was like, really like, I was younger. This is many years ago. And I was like, you know, this is such, and we went horseback riding, which was really fun because mm-hmm. I don't do much of that. And that was probably my favorite part. That's and awesome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. You know, there's only like two of those in the world. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that was exciting. And we just That's had very cool. Yeah. I have so many Kentucky facts. I am in marketing and I entertain a lot of our colleagues and vendors who are out of state. My favorite thing is to get people obsessed with Kentucky as much as I am. And I'm, I'm closer to Louisville. I'm like 30 minutes South of Louisville. So really Louisville is like one of my favorite parts. Um, but yeah, I always try to talk people into coming and enjoying like the culture and the food and the music and the arts and all the good stuff that we have. Cause people don't yeah. think of Kentucky and think of those things. So, so if you ever come back, you need to seriously, cause Lauren has, she knows like she has this. Oh no. Now Bree's frozen calendar. Yeah. This place is open in this week. This is what's going on here. So she's the girl to, to ask. Um, but we don't want to 
take up all of your evening. So Lauren has one last question for you. Okay. So this sure. is my favorite question to ask guests because you know of our genesis and how we started. Um, so what would you tell your younger self? And it could be any age, it could be for any reason, but if you just had the opportunity to communicate to your younger self, what would be something that you would tell yourself? Um, it's going to be okay. I love that. Oh my right? gosh. Like I'm always anxious about this and the other thing. Yeah. It's been okay. No matter what or what age I was worried about, whatever, it ended up being okay one way or the other. So I love that. Cause you've seen the other side of the coin. You're like, it, it has been okay. And it, it, it's all right. And it worked out and I didn't need to stress myself out so much. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's great. We ended up okay. Fine. <laughs> I think everyone could definitely benefit from hearing that. So <laughs> yeah, a lot of people needed to hear that. It's funny. Cause, uh, my senior quote, did your high school do senior quotes when you were, senior? we did not, I went to a huge high school of 4,000 people. We did not have any yeah. spare room in the yearbook for cool things like that. I'm so well, well, my <laughs> husband's didn't either. And so he thinks it's so weird that we talk about it. He's like, I, he's like, that doesn't make, no one cares about that. And I was like, we did. Um, but mine was a Bob Marley quote. Don't worry about a thing. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> yes. It's a good, every time I hear the song, I, I'm like, thank you for the reminder, yes. Mr. Marley. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yeah. This has been amazing. Um, uh, I can't say how grateful we are for you to come on. Um, if you could just go ahead and like plug your socials so we can let everyone know. And your website. You. Absolutely. Yes. The Instagram is sexdocjill like sex Dr. Jill and the website is the sexologist.org. And then they can, you said you prefer to be emailed. Um, they can find your email on the website. Yeah. So it's just Jill at the sexologist.org. Perfect. Perfect. Well, awesome. Well, we will, um, our episodes go live on Sundays. Uh, do you want to hear a recording of the audio before it goes live or be good? Okay, good. cool. Well, it will go live Great. this Sunday and we will promote it and tag you. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. It was a real joy to speak to you both. They're both wonderful. And I hope our paths continue to cross at least on the, on the internet, if nothing else, because oh, we'll be there if not just creeping in the corner. <laughs> and we, I mean, I think there's so much more that we can talk about. So we might ask oh, you yeah. back for another, another episode too. So Part two. yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much That's and good. have a good night. We appreciate You're you welcome. so much. Yep. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. So do you want to record an outro now? Yeah. Luella, I didn't know you were in here. I was trying to let Luella in earlier when I let Marley in. And I was like, well, I don't know where she's at. Look here, she's right there. Well, you can't see her. <laughs> okay. So we can go ahead and do an outro. All right, you guys. That was awesome. I love Dr. Jill. You definitely have to check her out on Instagram. Um, like I said, I'm constantly sending Brie and Maddie her posts. And I think that she does wonderful work. I wish they would stop um, screening her so much. <laughs> Seriously, I thought it was just really interesting that that's why. Because I was yeah. always wondering, I thought people were just being weird while they were like spelling sex different or spelling things different. It's because they're getting flagged. And is that not more shame oppression? I just It is. And it's crazy that, that those are like the community guidelines. I think that there should be a better way to vet actual educators and, you know, or something that potentially couldn't be appropriate for that age group. But 
anyways well, it's, it's like she was saying it's the bots because so it's like it's very lazy because they see the word sex or they see the word orgasm yeah. and automatically think it's a literal act of that maybe yeah. instead of education and education is not dirty education is not a bad thing but you know after speaking to her and you know some of our own opinions I, the whole system needs to just be completely broken down and rebuilt I agree I agree there's so many times where um it would just be repeating ourselves where we I was thinking oh my gosh like yeah it's because of 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 this oppression of this yeah. shame society um so yeah what do you all think did you all love Dr. Jill as much as we did because we do. And I love the work that she's doing. And I love that she is helping people relearn and empower them to have their best sex lives. And so reach out to her if you have a need um, and just know that these, these types of things exist and services and they exist because we need to relearn things. And so nothing's shameful as long as it's healthy and consensual. And I think it is really important. Um, you're not alone, you know, like we've said a million times, like, it's and I really love that she reiterated that and um, just you guys. We just finished recording with her, so we can't. We just I need to like <laughs> go take a nap from all of that loveliness. Um, anyways, uh, but we we'll, told you where to find her, and you know where to find us. Hold my fin pod on insta hold my pod at gmail.com reach out to us interact with us let us know how you loved her and you know where we are Spotify, apple podcast google we're everywhere so fine you know tell your friends uh lauren's been telling her friends i've been telling my friends tell all your friends to listen to us and we'll be back next week guys bye guys love you bye bye I always dance to our music, even though it's not there. I hate that, that, that we did that. We're going to start recording on Google. What are you doing? Stop that. Stop eating your microphone. My leg was hurting. Stop eating your microphone. We can start recording on Google. Um, let me, I want to see what I could, how to do that. Just go to like Google hangout or whatever. Well, if you send a calendar invite, it creates one because remember Madison thought that we had one. Well, let's just do that. So like for next week, we'll just invite each other and do it on Google. Okay. Can you record on Google? That's my concern. Um, let me go to create an event. Google meet conferencing. I'm going to send you a test one. We'll get off of here. I'm going to send you a test one and then we'll try it. Can we do that? Yes. I just burped. Hey, um, I am off tomorrow so I can edit if you upload. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to send, okay. I'm going to send this out and let me know if you get it. Okay. I'm trying to open my email. It's like taking forever. It's test. Test, 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 test. Stop I have a busy day tomorrow, but I could do it um, on like Thursday or Friday though. So if you don't get it done or whatever, you know, you can't do it on Friday. Shit. I can't do it on Friday. So I can do it tomorrow. 
Okay. But if you don't get it done tomorrow, I'm completely open on Wednesday and I only have just like a lunch thing on Thursday. So I do have like some availability. Quit. No, I said I can do it. Oh, okay. I'm just gonna. Um, did you get my test, Brie? Lauren, I'm telling you, this is cute. Test, 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 test. Okay, so. Is it for right now? Can I join with Google Meet? There we go. Are you are you joining? I'm gonna join. Yeah. Is it there? It's here. Oh, I just got so nervous. <laughs> Asked to join. <laughs> You'll join the call when someone lets me in. Okay, I'm. We're getting off Zoom. Okay. Do 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 do.